everyone. Welcome back to the grandma room. Uh, so for my first episode, my first official episode of my podcast, I decided that um, it was only appropriate if I shared my coming out story. This is the first time I have ever discussed my coming out story publicly. Um, if you know me or if you've known me for a long time, you know that I'm gay. Uh, no need for a coming out story. If you don't know that I'm gay by now, this might come off as a bit of a shock. Maybe not so much. Probably not so much. Uh, sorry. Not sorry. Uh, yeah. So I figured that it would be a good introduction to um, just share my coming out story and my experience with coming out. Um, my coming out story is a little bit different than most, I guess. I mean, maybe not so different. I'm sure that there are a lot of people who uh, got outed. Um, mine's like half and half. I kind of got outed. I kind of came out. I guess we could just kind of start from the beginning, beginning of my story. Um, I grew up in a very conservative Christian home. Um, my grandfather was the pastor of a small little Church of God church in Newark, California, which if you know the Bay Area or you're from the Bay Area, you know that that's the next town over from Fremont in the Tri-City area. Um, so I pretty much grew up in that church for the first, I want to say like the first eight years of my life. I believe we left that church uh, when I was in like the third grade or something like that. After my grandfather passed, another man took over the church. He was a crazy person, so my family left. Um, but yeah, uh, starting in that church, um, people always say like, oh, like when did you know? Like how did you know? And I want to say like the first memory that I really knew um, that I was gay was when I was like four years old. I had this Sunday school teacher. She was a babe, total babe. Well, I mean, what I remember of her in my four-year-old brain at the time, total babe. Um, and I remember, like, I didn't have the language to say, like, oh, like, I'm in love with her or, you know, like, I'm gay for her or whatever else, you know, you would say. But I just knew that I was attracted to her. I knew that I liked her. I knew that, like, I felt something different towards her. Um, but like I said, you know, at four years old, when you live in a community like that, you don't even know what that means. That was my first experience kind of, like, thinking, okay, women, attraction to women. Four years old. Insane. Who would have known? Um... You know, and as I grew older, I was always more of, you know, what they call a tomboy, which is a girl who likes to do boy shit, I guess. I don't, who knows what that means? It's such a fucking stupid way to describe a girl who doesn't like normal girl things. Like, why can't they just be a girl who doesn't like Barbies and dress up? We got to slap a label on everything we don't understand, right? So that was a label I was slapped with was a tomboy because like I like to play outside and I like to play adventure and I like to play sports and I like to play with the boys and I was wrestling with the boys and 
You know, it was like something that was funny at the time. They weren't going to think it was funny for much longer. Um, But I kind of always felt different, I guess. I always felt like an outsider. You know, when you grow up in a conservative Christian community where that bubble and that life is all that you know, when things start to pop up that exist outside of that bubble, or if you start to, when you start to become aware of things outside of that bubble, it's pretty jarring. Um, If you've had a similar experience, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, You know, like I wasn't allowed to listen to like secular music until I was like 11 or 12, you know. Um, We couldn't watch certain shows because, you know, whatever. They were evil or, you know, like kids were reading Harry Potter. I wasn't reading Harry Potter because it was witches and it was, you know, wizards and it was the devil. Everything was the devil. Everything was evil. You know, no joy in life. Everything was the devil. Um, So growing up in that environment and not knowing what it meant to be gay or not knowing a gay person and having no example of what that is and being told that and taught that homosexuality is an abomination, you know, you kind of don't ever really think that that's an option. You don't ever really think that, oh, maybe this is, you know, something that I can come into as I grow up or get older, you know. And so as I obviously as I started to get older and as you start to get, um, you know, closer to puberty and your adolescence, um, you know, hormones are raging and things are changing and bodies are developing. I can remember like things that I remember in my mind of my experience, like growing up in this environment and feeling like an outsider was um, when I, I, I went to Christian school my whole life. So um, I went to a tiny little Christian school in Fremont called Fremont Christian. Lots of you that are listening to this probably went there too. But I went there until second grade. We left, did homeschool for a couple of years. I went to a public school for a week and my mom was like, they're teaching you evolution? No. And so she got us into this tiny Lutheran private school, um, also in Fremont. I went there for two years and then we got back into Fremont Christian. I was in fifth grade. Um, and so I remember coming back to school and, um, you know, that was like around the time that like, you know, the girls would play with the girls and the boys play with the boys cause the boys have cuties and, ooh. um, and I wanted to hang out with the boys all the time because the girls, you know, they would say that they wanted to play basketball with the guys, but they would just like stand around and they just wanted to like flirt with the guys. And I was like, I want to play basketball. So can you guys like get out of the way? Like whatever. So I remember like, I mean, girls are like, we all know how girls are. I mean, normal girls, whatever you want to call them, you know, they're into makeup and they're into like dresses and they're into like girly shit and like checking out boys and like you know like obviously that was not something that I was into um not saying that like if you're gay you can't be into those things but like the type of gay that I am I wasn't into those things um you know I remember the school that I went to Fremont Christian on Wednesdays we had chapel every Wednesday and on that day you had to wear this fucking hideous like plaid skirt 
which like now I fuck with some plaid hardcore. <laughs> like, you know, if you're gay, you fuck with some plaid. Um, but a skirt with a white polo, nah, not the look, not cute. And I never wanted to wear skirts. Obviously, I don't ever wear dresses now. But like, because I was a girl and because that was the rule, every Wednesday I was subjected to like literally like the most uncomfortable thing of my life, having to wear a dress and having to wear a skirt, you know, and then I was the kid that was like super hairy. Like if you know me now, you know, I don't fucking shave any of my hair and I just have hairy legs and I don't give a fuck. But at that time, you know, like you're in fifth grade and the girls are wearing skirts and like shaving their legs and they have these smooth legs and I hated shaving my legs. I thought it was the stupidest thing. Like what a waste of time, difficult, took forever, the worst. Didn't wanna wear a skirt, didn't wanna do any of that shit, but like I had to. Or if I didn't want to, I would literally go to school and wear pants. Um, And if you did that, you got detention. So it was like a little bit of rebellion, you know, like um, kind of saying like, fuck it, fuck the system. Sometimes I would wear pants. Sometimes I would succumb to having to wear a skirt. I remember I used to get teased for like having fucked up shaved legs or like not shaved legs or like boys would make fun of me for like having shaved legs or for not having shaved legs, like whatever, stupid shit, right? But I just remember like I always... I was just always so awkward. I could never like figure out who I was or what my style was or who I wanted to be or come into my own because I was never given the space to, you know. So once I got to junior high and probably up until like at least junior year of high school, I was awkward as fuck, had no style, couldn't figure out what I wanted to wear. I was like wearing like skater clothes and then I was wearing like stupid ugly shit uh and then I was trying to like wear girl clothes and like like femme it up and that was not working and I remember people were like oh you wear sports bras like you have to wear real bras now all I wear is sports bras you'll never catch me wearing a wire bra ever like all these things that I wish as a 12 year old to high school child I wish I would have known like none of that shit matters you can do whatever you want you can wear whatever you want But I didn't grow up in an environment where, you know, you weren't really encouraged to stand out. You weren't encouraged to be an individual. You know, when you grow up in like a conservative Christian uh, bubble, you know, you want to fit in. Like you want to be like everyone else, like whatever. So I remember when um, when I got into junior high was when I started to like experience more feelings towards women. And it was... It was something different, right? Because I'm not four. I'm like 13. And like I said, you know, you're coming into yourself and hormones are raging. And, you know, like all the girls that I was friends with, they were interested in boys and like telling me about their crushes on boys and like starting to date boys. And I didn't want to do that. I had no interest in dating boys. I would literally pretend to have crushes on boys because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. Um, but deep down I just knew like that's never going to be something that I'm really interested in and so um, you know I had my first experience with a girl when I was a freshman in high school 
And of course, it was a situation where it was a secret. And, you know, if you tell anybody, I'm never going to talk to you again. So, you know, textbook manipulation, no big deal. Um, but yeah, and then that led to, you know, like rumors flying around the school and flying around the youth group. And I was very involved in my youth group because like when you grow up in that bubble, what else are you supposed to do? You hang out with the youth group. You go on like youth group trips. You go to leadership camp and you pray in the middle of nowhere and you get baptized 57,000 times because you think that you're going to hell, you know? And um, I was like involved in like drama in the youth group. And uh, actually when I started drama in seventh grade was when I kind of started to discover a little bit more about myself, it was like I knew, figured out a new layer or new dimension to myself that I never knew before. Um, but yeah, so anyway, freshman year, rumors, youth group, rumors in high school, and I was like, no, 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 it's not true, it's not true. You know, and I remember there was this one night where um, my youth pastor like pulled me and this girl aside and was like, asking us like what's going on and you know I told her like oh it's not true like it's just rumors you know and she like asked me like you know point blank is this true and I was like nah it's not true you know I'm fucking what 13 years old I'm going to a Christian school that my mom's paying thousands of dollars for me to go to that if they find out that I'm gay they would kick me out and I would shame my you know family and my mom's a pastor's kid and whatever I'm, I'm lying. I'm fucking lying. I'm not telling you shit, lady. So, uh, you know, it like turned this big old thing and it was like drama and, you know, that interaction with that girl ended because like she's straight or whatever. Um, and so that ended and, you know, I kind of like kept low about it. I didn't really talk to anybody about it. My friends didn't really know about it. My family definitely didn't know about it. Um, and then I started having a relationship with another girl later on. I think it was like junior year that this happened. Um, and that was when my friends started to catch on. Um, and they, like, I remember one day my friend uh, in the backyard of my house, like we were swimming, my mom's house had a pool and we were always swimming. And she just asked me point blank, like, what's going on with you and so-and-so? And I was like, uh, what? And she's like, are you guys dating? Are you together? Like, what's happening? Or something along those lines. And I was just, like, so caught off guard that I was like, yeah, we are. And so it was like I didn't really have the opportunity to, like, come out on my own terms or, like, come out when I wanted to. It was kind of, like, forced upon me. Um, so that happened. And so I told my friends. And then, um, you know, that interaction with that girl ended because she was like, I can't be with you like you're a girl like I love you but I can't be with you because you're a girl and I was like okay so go date guys great cool so going into senior year um you know it was like back and forth back and forth with that nonsense and going into senior year I was like fuck this like this has got to be a phase like I'm done with this I'm not dealing with this anymore I'm not doing this anymore and so I told a close family friend of mine and I told her some bullshit story about, like, what's been going on with me and, like, drama I'd been experiencing with people at school and shit like that. And she was like, okay, you're bullshitting me. Like, what's the truth? And I was like, all right. So I told her the truth. I told her that, you know, I've been having, like, same-sex attraction, as they call it in the church. And, um, you know, I told her that, uh, 
I um, was done with it. I was over it. I didn't want to do it anymore. Like, wasn't the move, wasn't the biz, whatever. And she's like, okay, well, we need to tell your mom. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I did. I went home that night and told her. And I was like, oh, but it's a phase. It's a phase. Like, I'm done with it. Like, I'm not, I'm not gay, you know, whatever. I didn't say that because I couldn't even say the word gay for years. It took me years to be able to say I am gay. Um, Oh, but yeah, there's a whole other drama, that girl drama with that. That's a whole other story. I got to get permission from her before I even start to bring up that story. But yeah, trauma. Talk about fucking trauma. Junior in high school, 16 years old, conversion therapy drama we won't go into more detail there so back to senior year uh told my mom whatever then uh you know shit's going on with this girl again and I'm like ah fuck you know maybe I am gay like if I could say that word I don't know so it just kind of progressed from there and in high school um one of my friends had started working at like the Jamba Juice local Jamba Juice in town and and made this friend, Jess, who Jess is like my best friend now. And so I met through her, we became mutual friends. And, you know, I met her in high school and like saw her a couple times, but we never really hung out. It like wasn't a thing. Um, You know, fast forward to me graduating high school, getting out of Christian school, going to college, public school. I went to a public college, junior college in Fremont, Ohlone College, where, um, you know, that, that experience at that school and the people that I met at that school changed my life forever. Like that was where I came into my own. That is when I came into my sexuality, if you want to call it. That was where I discovered who I am and who I want to be and the life that I want to lead and became comfortable enough to be able to live my truth. So in college, um, I threw this party and that friend asked like, hey, like, can I bring Jess? And I was like, fuck yeah, of course. So she brought Jess and we really connected that night. And after that night, we pretty much became inseparable. Um, she had a negative negative experience at home with her parents in relation to her sexuality. So she pretty much like moved into our guest bedroom and like stayed with me all the time. We were always together. I was always hanging out with her, always picking her up from work. Like she was my best friend. And to this day, I will always say, like, I owe everything about who I am to Jess. If I never would have met Jess, I would never be the person that's sitting right here. You know, she was a catalyst in my life that she was the first gay friend that I ever had where I looked at her and I saw here's a person living their life, walking in their truth, like completely authentically, not not ashamed of who she is and just being 100% herself like she is 100% herself all the time and I saw that and I was like I want that I want to be like that I want to not care what people think I want to not care when people like make fun of me for being gay or like try to shame me for it like it's something that's wrong with me like it's my superpower you know like no one can touch me like I I am who I am and I'm proud of who I am like I want that I want to be that 
And so hanging out with Jess for, you know, some time um, and, you know, it started to give me the confidence to like come out, like come out, come out, like not this is a phase or this is going away, like this is who I am, this is what it is. And so I was gonna tell my mom, my parents, soon, I'll never forget this day. My mom was like, so Jess, she's gay, right? And I was like, yeah. She's like, that doesn't bother you? And I was like, no, why would it bother me? And she's like, well, you know, it like doesn't bring up old feelings or anything. And I was like, no. Meanwhile, on the inside, I'm like mortified and defeated because I was literally gearing up like probably that week to tell my parents that I was gay, like to come out. Um, I've been talking to like a family friend and like getting mentored and, you know, so I left the room and I was all defeated and I called that mentor and you know, I was crying and telling her what happened and, you know, she was like walking me through it and little did I know that my mom had overheard that conversation outside my door. So, um, I went out to the dinner table that night and, and I was supposed to go somewhere that night, but I was like having dinner before and then I was going to leave. And I go out to the dinner table that night and it's like dead quiet. Like it doesn't talk to me. doesn't look at me, nothing. And I was like, well, this is weird. So I eat my dinner. I go to my room to get ready because I'm going to get ready to leave for the night. And that family friend calls me and says, so I just want to let you know that your mom overheard your conversation. And then she called me and she said all these things. And, you know, I just thought that you should know. And I was like, cool. So I literally packed my stuff and I left. And I didn't come back for like two or three days. Um, you know, I went out that night and then I think I like crashed with Jess that night. And then the next couple of nights I crashed with, um, my other friend, Katie, who shout out to Katie and shout out to Katie's family. Um, they were also a huge part of my coming out and, uh, discovering who I am and being comfortable with who I am and, um, some of the few, I want to say Katie's parents and family were probably the only people in my life in high school after I came out to Katie and told Katie and, you know, told her mom and family, they were probably the only people in my life in high school that, um, that they're probably the only people in my life in high school and beyond who supported me and encouraged me and told me that there was nothing wrong with me and um, it made me feel like I was normal and like I was just like there was nothing wrong you know like and if you're gay and if you're struggling with you know like being honest with yourself and living your truth um, that's huge to have people who come alongside you and support you and are there for you and encourage you, um, and make you feel okay, you know, because I, you know, went through, I went through in high school, 
um, with all the drama around my sexuality and the secrets and all that stuff. And, you know, I was in this youth group and in this church that, you know, said that they loved me and that they were there for me and that they cared. And not one of them to this day, to this day, not one of my youth leaders, not one of the people that was like, you know, mentoring me in the church or not one of those people has ever reached out to me to check in on me, has never acknowledged my sexuality, has never acknowledged me since I've come out of the closet. I was pretty much like excommunicated. Um, and not to say that I'm like upset about that or like bitter about that. That's fine. Like, so not my crowd, so not my people, so not my journey. And so it happened the way that it was supposed to happen. Like, those people aren't supposed to be in my life anymore. But it's just so interesting that that's the case because for so many people that grow up in the church or even come to the church later on in their lives and are gay or are different or are some kind of other something, have some kind of struggle, as they like to call it, you know, like they preach that God is love and God's love is unconditional and, you know, we're your family and we love you, but, you know, they can't even walk alongside you or, you know, counsel you or help you through a tough time where you're literally being rejected by everybody or told that you're an abomination or told that you're this or you're that like they can't even like anyways whole other podcast we'll get into that that's a podcast I'll handle with my brother um but yeah so I left gone for a couple days stayed with a friend my mom texted me on like the third day I think and she was like you need to come home we need to talk and I was like okay so I go home and I go into her room and her and my stepdad are laying on their bed watching TV and I'm petting the dog and all of a sudden she turns the TV off and she looks at me and she says what makes you think you're gay and I'm like here we go I was like, well, you know, I, I don't really know exactly how to explain it to you, um, but I just know that I am. Like, you know, I, I don't look at men the way that I look at women. I don't desire things for men the way that I desire things from women. Um, you know, I know that I could never be in a relationship with a man to this day. Still true. Not my jam. Love lots of guys that I love, but like not my cup of tea. Um, you know, and we discussed it and we went back and forth and, you know, there was a lot of not great things that were said on maybe both ends. I don't remember exactly what was said, but I do remember that the conversation came to a conclusion by me just stopping her and saying, you know, mom, I think we're just going to have to agree to disagree. And she was like, well, I just want you to know that I'm never going to be okay with this. And I was like, oh, Okay. She was like, I don't want you bringing anyone around and we don't want to be a part of this. And I was like, cool. So I left and that was that. And we didn't really talk about it after that. There was like not really much that was said. Um, it kind of just became the thing that we avoided. And I'm sure that's the same experience for a lot of people. I just swept under the rug and avoided. Um, and so um, I think pretty quickly after this I had my first like serious relationship began 
and you know like when you're it's different when like you're dating around or like having fun or hooking up or whatever but like when you have a serious relationship with a person that you care about you know obviously you want to bring them around your family you want to um have them be a part of that part of your life you know and so I started to realize you know I wanted to tell my parents about this person I wanted to introduce this person to my parents and so I pulled my stepdad aside and I told him I was like I'm seeing somebody and I'm really happy and you know I really would like for you guys to meet her and um you know and he was like super supportive he's super chill as always he is like the chillest dude ever and he's like you know we'll tell your mom and whatever and he's like show me pictures and so I showed him some pictures and um so like the next week um you know we decided to have a talk as a family I guess just the three of us and so I told my mom you know like started sobbing crying and I was like you know I met somebody and I I want to be able to introduce you to her and like I want her to feel comfortable coming around and yada 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 and you know, then it was like a light bulb went off in my head and in my mom's head. And she was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm so sorry. Like, of course, you can bring her and, you know, we want to meet her and whatever. So, you know, it started like heading us on a different path, I guess. You know, it was um, more positive experience. Like the girl I was seeing came over on Sunday because on Sunday we used to have um, after church like a bunch of my parents friends and their kids would come over on Sundays and we would have barbecues and swim and you know in the summertime it was like summer Sundays pretty much so she came over um, with her mom one Sunday and it was really nice and whatever um, so yeah like things were pretty things were pretty normal I mean they weren't like normal like I mean to this day like my mom's come a long way like props to my mom and mom, if you're listening, I love you. I have nothing against you. You know that, but you know, she has her moments and we still to this day disagree on a lot of things. You know, we disagree on, on philosophical things and we disagree politically and we disagree on a lot of things, but you know, we were able to find, um, common ground and mutual respect for each other. And, you know, we've made a lot of progress. Um, but then, then my brother came out yeah I'm sure like I said at the beginning of this if you know me you know that my brother is also gay um and I won't get too much into his story his story is his story and I'll have him on this and you know he can tell his story or him and I have been talking about possibly having our own podcast and um but anyway, he came out in a letter to my parents while I was still living with my parents. And Jess had gone, she had joined the army and gone to basic training, was home for two weeks on block leave before she was getting deployed to Kuwait. And so she was staying with me for two weeks and my brother texted me like on the weekend and was like, just wanna let you know, I sent mom and Mike a letter I coming out um it should get there sometime this week and I was like cool throw a giant fucking shit onto our party two weeks um so yeah like once once she got that letter my mom was it was almost like she was back to square one 
like she didn't know how to handle it like two gay kids you know like this poor conservative Christian woman and her two gay kids you know I don't feel sorry for her anymore because fuck it but you know at the time it's sad I guess um but I think it was a real struggle for her it like really sent her backwards to to square one and it took a long time for us to make the progress to where we are right now um and like I said it's not perfect our relationship is not perfect um the situation is not perfect but I feel like now I can be and am a hundred percent myself I'm a hundred percent the person that I want to be I mean obviously like we're never perfect you know life's a journey and we never really reach the destination of who exactly who we want to be but I feel like I every single day take a step closer to being who I want to be and I know that I'm on the path that I'm supposed to be on and it doesn't matter that I'm gay because I'm a good person and I live my life with dignity and integrity and I, you know, may not agree with all of the, you know, philosophies and theologies of Christianity, and I have a lot of problems with it and a lot of qualms with it, but it doesn't make me less of a person or less of a good person because I'm gay. You know, walking in my truth and accepting who I am and being able to say I am gay without cringing or without, uh, like, hesitating, I fully say that. I have no problem telling anybody that, and I remember when I was first coming out, it was so hard for me to go to a party and meet people and like tell them I was gay. But you know, now it's like, it's not a second thought. Like I don't give a fuck who knows that I'm gay because it's just a part of who I am. Like it doesn't define me as a person, but it is a huge part of who I am. You know, I'm a part of one of the most beautiful, vibrant communities to habitate this earth. And I'm proud of that. I wear it as a badge of honor. You know, if if I had the choice to be straight or to be something else, I wouldn't be. I would choose to be gay, even though it's not a choice. I would choose to be gay because, honestly, we have more fun. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it. Uh, there are little things that, you know, it, it, it took me a long time to grow comfortable with with myself and living my truth and being honest with myself and the people around me you know they're I, my dad's parents I still haven't told my dad's parents I mean I don't really have a relationship with them but like I've never had a conversation with them um you know when I've experienced situations with people when I have told them where you know they have to say their piece and you know they have to say that this is sinful and yada, yada whatever they have to say you know it like I said it hasn't been a perfect journey but I was fortunate enough that once I finally decided, like, this is who I am, this is who I'm going to be, I don't care what anybody thinks, I kind of was just like middle fingers to the sky, like, take it or leave it. You know, I had friends um, in high school and beyond who were like, you know, I don't know if I can be your friend anymore because you're gay and, you know, I just don't agree with your lifestyle and, you know, like, I've heard, you know, I've heard talk that there are people who, in my life who have said, I mean, they haven't said this to me, but they've said that, you know, like if I were to get married, they wouldn't come to my wedding because they don't support gay marriage. And, you know, so it's like, 
we're always going to be dealing with bullshit, especially, you know, escaping a conservative Christian bubble. I still deal with bullshit to this day, not as much as before. I think just because people um, see how confident I am and who I am and, um, you know, where I'm at in my life. And they don't really mess with that anymore because they know that I don't care. They know that they could say anything and I just don't care. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously I just want to share this story to, um, you know, I, like I said, I've never shared this publicly before. No one, I mean, people know my story obviously, but you know, this is the first time I've ever told this story and I'm going to share it with random people. Random people could stumble upon this. Um, and I have to say like, you know, if there are going to be random people who are going to hear this or people who came from a similar background as me or experienced the similar life that I experienced or, or came from that conservative Christian bubble or are still trapped in that conservative Christian bubble and want out and don't know how to free themselves and don't know how to be themselves and don't know how to walk in their truths. Um, my encouragement to them is I did it and there are a lot of people who do it and there's nothing freer than being yourself there's nothing freer than walking in your truth you know um, I was told for so long that there was something wrong with me that I was an abomination and it pushed me down and it made me feel small and it made me feel insignificant and it made me feel unworthy. I even felt unworthy of God's love. Like there was something wrong with me, you know? And now I, I've been able to find the confidence within myself and within my identity and within my character to know that everything that anyone had ever told me about there being something wrong with me or anything that I needed to change, they were wrong. They're the ones that fucked up. They're the ones that were putting their ideas of what it meant to be a good person or a Christian or whatever. They were trying to fit me into this box. But we're not meant to be in boxes, you know. Even if you are a Christian or a Muslim or wh whatever it is that you are, even if you're gay, like we're not just meant to be in a box of one thing. I'm not just gay. I'm not just, you know, an artist. I'm not just a nanny, you know, like I'm all these things. Um, and I don't fit into any particular box. Like how many fucking lesbian artist nannies do you know? Probably one, me. Um, so don't let people fit you or don't let people shove you into boxes or try to tell you who you have to be or, or who you are. Just be you, live your truth, and if people don't accept you for that, and if people can't get behind that, they are not worth your time. I don't care if they're your family. I don't care if they've been your friends for 20 years. You know, if people are toxic to you and they put you down and they make you feel this big or they make you feel like there's something wrong with you simply because of who you choose to love, fuck them. You don't need that in your life. None of us need toxicity in our lives. None of us deserve that. And I fully stand behind um, 
you know, creating your own families. I cannot tell you how many gay people I know that have been completely ostracized and abandoned by their families and have created their own families. Um, they're friends with their families or, you know, they create their own groups. You know, it's not impossible. You're never alone. If you, if you ever need anything, please reach out to me, DM me. If you have my phone number, text me. Um, I'm always here to support. There's always people to support. There are resources, there are organizations, there are people like me and like you who are here to offer help and offer encouragement. Um, so you're never alone. Don't ever feel like you're alone. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. Um, you can do it. I believe in you. Um, and I'll say it again. There's nothing more freeing than walking in your truth. And I know that because I live it and I learned from experience and I love who I am and there's nothing that anyone can say that will make me not love who I am. So, uh, geez, I must have rambled for about 45 minutes at this point. Um, if you listen to this whole thing, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, if you know somebody who's experiencing this or going through um, what I went through or anything similar, please share with share this with them or um, let them know that they can reach out to me, give them you know my information, me as a resource. Um, thank you. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you watching and uh, I'll see you in the next one. Thank you.